This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi, I'm Jane Pauley, and this is our Sunday Morning Extra, our podcast featuring a memorable story from our most recent show. It's a conversation that offers insights beyond the broadcast. This weekend, Lee Cowan is spending time with Harrison Ford, the actor many of us know as Han Solo. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Or Indiana Jones. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Or Jack Ryan. I am telling you, I want back in. At 77, he's still at the top of his game and a leading man extraordinaire. Wild places. We could go. You and me. Case in point. His latest performance in the new movie based on Jack London's famed book, The Call of the Wild. Here's their conversation. So what was it? I know you always, you've you said before that there's always got to be, for you anyway, some kind of emotional connection with the character for you to take it. Well, so what there's was a it real here? strong emotional connection with the character um, because of his relationship with Buck. This is a character that in the book is not very fleshed out. It's kind of, you know, I mean, he's a, uh, he comes into the story without any background or history. Yeah. And he really functions just to change the plot uh, yeah. uh, for Buck. And they uh, establish a, a, a complicated relationship, I think. And But the complication is that 
while Buck is is hearing the call of the wild, John Thornton is finding through his relationship with Buck the potential and the courage to go back and face his life, which is not in the wild. But, and, but and it was that that's what drew you to the part, you think it's Well that? the potential for that for that relationship drew me to it. I know CGI obviously is no stranger to you. How do you do it when it's the protagonist? Was there something there for you to play opposite? Um, yeah, yeah, there was. Um, there was a, an actor named Terry Notary, who's a former Cirque du Soleil uh, gymnast. And, and that part's important because he was able to move like a dog. Really? Dogs move with um, left and right foot forward, uh, rear foot and front yeah. foot forwards, and they have that gait. It's not so much that he could imitate a dog, but he gave us a, a, a reference for our eye lines. He gave me a, someone to establish an emotional relationship with. Because you have to have that, right? You, can't just you have to have something to work off of. I mean, I'm used to pretending. That's the job of acting, is pretending. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretending that Terry Notary was a dog, but there was something there. It was fun. It was really fun to do. I mean, it's a little strange. I'm rolling around on the floor with this guy and scratching his tummy. <laughs> were you really physically were doing that with him? Because you had to, I guess, right? There was money involved. <laughs> There's a line in the movie where you and Buck are, I can't remember exactly where you are, but you say something to the effect of, you know, we're just temporary and it's, we're all gone and this will all still be here as you're looking yeah. over that big vista. Yeah, because nature doesn't need people. Yeah. People need nature. And uh, we're, uh, we're in danger of losing the support of nature for our lives, for our economies, for our societies. And um, happily, it's, it's a topic that's now reached the... Um, the highest levels of politics, and people are beginning to talk about it as though it were the pressing issue of our times. I'm now seeing that I think we're coming close to being able to really commit the resources and energy to confronting the issue uh, because it's taken up on the highest level of politics. It's taken up on the streets by young people. Well, that's the thing. It's the it's a generational thing now, right? They're looking at us like this is our fault in a lot of ways that we screwed this up. Well, we but they're going to but, but we've got to bridge the generational yeah. gap to get it done. And they, you know, they have every right uh, to criticize us for our failure to actually act in time. This is a bottom line issue. Yeah, this is it. This is it. You're a good Midwesterner. You don't really talk politics or religion much. But that's changed a wee bit of late. Uh, I think it's come to the point where we've got to start talking politics. But we've got to talk about it in a positive way. We've got to regain the middle ground. We're in these ideological enclaves. And it's been purposeful to disaggregate us it's a commercial uh, opportunity. If you coalesce groups, it's easier to service them with what they want to hear. 
And that's where we are. But the truth is in the middle. Science is in the middle. Coming together, purposeful, uh, capable progress is made in the middle. And you think we can get back there somehow? Be damn well better. When you return to roles, whether it's Han Solo or Indiana Jones, what's the what's the challenge for you in coming back to the the same role years later? I'm trying not to look silly, you know, and running around in tight pants and high boots. And <laughs> I'll give you a more uh, appropriate answer, considering that I'm going to start doing Indiana Jones in about two months. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm always delighted uh, to come back to these characters. They prove the reason we're, you know, we have the opportunity to make another is because people have enjoyed them and they've got a, a following. And um, I feel obliged to to make sure that our efforts are as ambitious as they were um, when we started. It's almost a responsibility, so the, I guess, in some huh? ways. Yeah, be, uh, you have a sense of responsibility to your customers. Yeah. I think of the people that go to my movies as more as customers than I do as fans. Fans feels kind of weird to me, but always has. Always has, yeah. But the fact that these people support my business and, <laughs> I, uh, and I'm responsible to them for the quality of the service that I offer, that feels better to me. Can you tell us anything about the new Indiana Jones? Uh, no. <laughs> Why no. did I think that was going to be your answer? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but you're excited about doing it again? Then, right? I'm excited about doing it, yeah. Yeah. When it comes to, you talked about this a little bit, but when it comes to those big action roles that you've done, you said that, that scale issue that you were talking about, you always have to get it down to something that's, that's relatable. I'm more interested in a character's um, uh, state of mind in the midst of, of kinetic activity. So I want to be in close enough to see his fear, his triumph, his effort, uh, his plan. Yeah. I love to see little articulations of, that support the behavior. You know, That stuff you have to be in fairly close too, which is a good reason for me to do it, if I can, if it's not too dangerous. How's your ankles and your back and your pelvis and everything else that got hurt in the <laughs> crash? Oh, I, I'm recovered. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I'm playing tennis as well as I ever did. I'm yeah. back riding my road bikes, and I'm great. Are you still flying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you, does it ever... Does it enter your mind? How does that work? How does it work? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a discipline and a skill that I invested a lot of time and energy in. And I want to maintain my capacity. I love to fly. I love being up in the air. I love the experience of the third dimension. We're living in two dimensions down here. You get up there and you see, not from... 35,000 feet, right? but from 3,000 feet. It's, it's spectacular. You're not a big fan of doing red carpets and 
interviews like this, is it because you just don't like talking about yourself, or is it because, what is it? Uh, or is it just none of our business? <laughs> How the craft works? It's just a different thing. This is a different thing. My job is this is different to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I mean, this is part of my job. But the part that gives me joy and challenges me and, and is, uh, keeps me excited about doing it is not necessarily <laughs> this particular part of it. I, I understand the utility of it, and I, and I think it's important to be able to bring people's attention to uh, when you have a new product yeah. to release. So it's part of the business. It's part of the business. I think of the people that go to my movies more as customers than I do as fans. Fans feels kind of weird to me, but always has. Always has. But I didn't really want to become an actor so that I could be rich and famous. That's not why I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor because I wanted to tell stories. So I never thought. I never actually thought about being successful to the extent that I have been lucky enough to be. I thought I would, my highest ambition was to have regular work as an actor and not have to do something else to support myself and my family. That's all, that's, that was the level of my ambition, to work with good people. But I never thought that I was a movie star type. I never thought that I would have the opportunities, the success that came along with other people's success. You know, like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have brought into into my life. Is the is the fame a burden? It can be often be a disturbance to the progress of your thoughts, to your you know the, your family time. Yeah. It can can be a pain, but in most cases, people, you know, are, are just curious, or surprisingly, they're very generous and gracious. They just want to say thanks for the experiences that I've had in the theater with you. Yeah, and that that feels good. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.